Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready! Throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by BetMGM, the king of sports books. It's time for NFL Best Bets for NFL Week 16. A little bit of a scrambled bunch this week with the holiday season. Brendan Glasheen in the host chair. We have three people you're very familiar with with the program. We have Anthony DeBundo, uh, a.k.a. the Cheesehead from last week, a.k.a. the Weatherman, a.k.a. The rah rah blah blah Mike Tomlin guy Grant Niefer, who's here to dish out some props. We've had Niefer on the program and the Giffinator, the Doctor, Mister Nick Giffen, joining the show this week. Uh, we've got these guys joining us. You can find these guys individually in the free, award-winning Action Network app. We are alive and well with holiday travel. Get you ready for the best bets. You can find the video version of the podcast as well if you haven't done so already on the Action Network YouTube page. Once you hit subscribe, give this video a like. We greatly appreciate it. And we also like the five-star ratings that you provide wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. Uh, Don't forget, again, follow these guys individually. And you can also find us in the Action Network Discord channel. Good dialogue, good back and forth, great way to interact with some of our action folks and the betting community. Something you should check out if you haven't done so already. Uh, let's dive in now, fellas. All right. We had a good week last week. We had you know four and five. We had a couple of plus monies hit because of the touchdown bets. So that's good. Uh, we're 500 plus for the year. But the look ahead, 78 and 69. We will have a look ahead this week from DeBundo. He's filling in for Brandon as it pertains to the look ahead spot for week 17 but Debunda, why don't you kick us off for your best bet number one for week 16 in the national football league america's game of the week uh sunday afternoon christmas eve should be a good one 4 30 the dallas cowboys plus one and a half against the miami dolphins and i know that i was against the dolphins last week and lost in hilarious fashion it was uh never competitive the jets didn't even score but i still think there are problems with this miami team and regression coming for this miami uh, on both sides of the ball. First of all, their defense 
this season has faced the weakest schedule of opposing offenses in the entire NFL. And when you look at when, you know, when the Dolphins have gone up in class against these other top offenses, Philly, who really hasn't even been that good since, but has scored 31 points on them pretty comfortably. The Bills were into the 40s against them. Like when they've faced these top offenses, they have struggled to stop them and they've benefited from a lot of uh, you know, backups and, and mediocre quarterbacks that they've faced over the course of the season. Now they're dealing with all these offensive line injuries. And I know that they, you know, we just watched the Bills run all over Dallas. And I think there is real signal in the fact that the, the, the Dallas run defense is a problem. But all of these offensive line injuries for Miami leave them kind of starting half backups. And so I think they're going to have a trouble dominating the game like the Bills offensive line, which by most metrics from PFF to, you know, pass block and run run block win rates, is a top three or four aligned in Buffalo. So I think Dallas, you know, they'll give a better effort here uh, and it's a better spot for them. And then, you know, this Miami defense, I'm intrigued by, you know, whether Vic Fangio can kind of copycat the McDermott blueprint from last week and mm-hmm. keep two safeties high and, and make Dak beat them with their legs and force everything underneath and take away the, 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 uh, the big plays, but better weather here for Dallas, uh, not as tough of a road environment. And I just think Dallas is the better team. So I'm catching one and a half on the road in a, in a better spot. Uh, and so I'm going to take the Cowboys plus one and a half to uh, win this one. Can't confirm the weather in Florida is quite nice uh, right now. Not quite in Miami, but yes, uh, beautiful weather. So it's not quite the indoor setting that Dallas is comfortable in, but it's better than what they dealt with in Buffalo and that soggy, soggy Buffalo Bills stadium. Let's go to Grant Niefer on the same game. A team we just talked about, I should say, in the Buffalo Bills, you're targeting one of their pass catchers. Yeah, so I'm rolling with Dalton Kincaid over 28 and a half receiving yards. You can get the same work from 28 and a half to 31 and a half. I honestly like it at all three of them. This is kind of just a volume play. I know Dawson Knox coming back in the lineup is probably going to hinder him a little bit, but Kincaid is still heavily involved in this offense. I know last week he only had two targets, zero yards. That's why this is kind of a buy low spot here, but that game was just strange. They decided to run the ball pretty much every single time. Josh Allen only had 15 passing attempts. Prior to that week, target totals of 8, 6, 7, 6, 11, 7, 8 in those weeks. He's been heavily involved every single week. He's going to continue to be heavily involved. The matchup is great here going up against the Chargers. Chargers allowing the 29th most passing, or the third most passing yards, rather, in the league this season, giving up the sixth most to opposing tight ends. Kincaid is going to get the volume in the spot. I know that there is a 12.5, 13.5-point spread out here. I know it's potential to blow up, but we've seen the Bills decent amount, regardless of the game script, for most of the last few years. So, Kincaid, I'm betting on the volume here. I think he can get there in the first, second quarter, and this line is probably about five to seven yards too low. Any deficiencies you think in the Chargers? I know the Chargers defense altogether isn't very good. New coach, so they'll have someone new uh, running the show there. As far as the defense is concerned, I know they still have got more there uh, running the offense. But is there anything specific about the Chargers defensively to tight ends that opens the door to? I mean, they're giving up pretty much the same across the board, regardless of position. <laughs> I think it's slightly yeah. worse versus the tight end. New coach could change things. I mean, we, I don't know how a coach could do any worse. Right. than what's already been done for the Chargers over the last decade. Um, but still, like, it doesn't matter. They're not a great defense, and Kincaid's going to get the volume. Tight end, wide receiver, doesn't really matter. They'll move them all around. They'll scheme them. They'll put them out wide. They use them as in pretty much all aspects. So 
Kincaid's going to get the volume regardless of the matchup, but this happens to just be a very good matchup. This game kind of reminds me, too, of when the Bills made the change at offensive coordinator. They ran the ball a lot, but Kincaid was also peppered with targets in that game as well. So just kind of ball control, get the ball out quick, and move the chains, move some clock as well. Okay, that is the nightcap of the Saturday two-game slate. The earlier game, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, Dr. Nick Giffen has an angle there. What do you got? Yeah, this one, we are going to go with the over on the total in this game, uh, sitting at 37. I like anything 37, uh, 36 and a half would be amazing if it if it dropped down to there. But 37 is fine, so let's take the over there. Uh, this game is a luck over, so it has a luck total of plus 5.01. For those of you unfamiliar with luck totals, uh, anything above plus 5 after week 11 has a strong signal to the over uh, 35, 18 and one over the last six years to the over in a handful of years where the under has been hitting at a pretty high rate. That's a pretty strong signal. 65.7% to the over uh, five and one this year to the over. The only loss of unfortunately was actually in week 12, this exact matchup Cincinnati Pittsburgh was a luck over and they went under, but that, I think that'll change this time. Look, we've got Mason Rudolph is going to be quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if we look at his adjusted net yards per attempt and, and hat tip to Stucky and Raybon, who pointed this out, his is 5.1. Kenny Pickett's career AYA, adjusted net yards per attempt, I should say, is 5.0. Mm-hmm. And Mitch Trubisky in his time with the Steelers is 4.9. So he's not a downgrade from these guys uh, on average. So uh, I think this is a spot where hopefully uh, – you know, books in the public are maybe down on him because 88% of the money, 85% of the money is coming in on the under right now. Uh, also, on the flip side, Jake Browning has not been as bad as maybe people thought he was to begin with. He's actually shown he's, he's halfway decent, acceptable backup quarterback. So uh, I think this is a spot where the over absolutely can hit, um, you know, both these especially Cincinnati defense, I should say, has struggled. And while the Pittsburgh offense has struggled, I I don't think Mason Rudolph is a downgrade. We get great weather here for this time of year. Um, It's going to be almost perfect in this game for weather. So that's not a concern. If anything, that'll help the over. Uh, So I think this is just a spot where we we get to back the over uh, when everybody is on the under. And when most of the money has been on the under this year, as far as the luck overs, they've hit every single time. Oh, I don't know, DeBundo. I'm sensing a rah-rah Mike Tomlin spot this week based on these angles. It's not a Pittsburgh play. It's not Pittsburgh plus two, but there is faith in the Pittsburgh side. Mason Rudolph, at quarterback, and that leads to Nick's next pick. If I hear rah-rah one more time. I'm so done with it, too. I'm so done with it. You don't like like the rah-rah thing? I tweeted it last night. (laughs) Last week was rah-rah, right? They were lost two in a row. They were were in Indy, desperate. Indy's apparently fraudulent, and they got smoked. There's no rah-rah there. But now it's okay. rah rah. Brandon right, Anderson right, thinks okay. it's rah rah, so he bet them. But we'll see. All right, well, let's okay. I how about, how about this? If they don't win this week, we put we put the rah rah to bed. How's no, that? because then next week will be a rah rah because Tomlin has to keep the winning season alive streak. I guess he does Sorry. have a couple that, of games to work with that still. Exactly. Okay. So people are just going to keep saying it until it, that's the beauty of it. The rah rah never dies. Here. The blah blah. I like the blah blah part. That's good. I, I, I love that. I bring it up time to time on the on the episode here on the podcast. So. You ain't new to this no more now. You know what I mean? Okay, Nick. But Pittsburgh, you want points. So you won't mind if Pittsburgh's the one scoring the points. 
That's right. This is a luck over. So give me a touchdown bet in this game. And this is my favorite touchdown bet of the week. We're going to go with Pat Fryermuth plus 470 for an anytime touchdown. Look, his longest odds for an anytime touchdown over the past two years has been plus 500. And that was in week 11 when he faced the Cleveland Browns, who are one of the best defenses of all time in, in you know, especially in the past decade or, or so. So, um, you know, that makes sense. But now he's going up against the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Bengals suck versus the tight end. They are absolutely terrible. They're 31st in defensive DVOA versus the tight end position. But not only that, they allow the fourth most targets per game to the position. So when you add it all up, terrible efficiency and terrible volume, they allow the most yards per game to the tight end position. We talked about it. I'm not downgrading the Steelers offense much, if any, going to Mason Rudolph, but I feel like maybe the books are a little bit, and that's why Friermuth's anytime touchdown odds are so long. Uh, we just go back to last year. The longest yep. he had was plus 330, right, for a full year last year. Uh, that came in three games, but this year plus 470, uh, which is approaching the longest he's had in the past two years in a great plus matchup in a luck over with a quarterback who I think can, uh, you know, manage the game just as well as the the previous two iterations of quarterbacks in this uh, on this team, on the Steelers team. So uh, maybe not rah, rah Steelers, but I do like some points in this one. So let's go Pat Fryermuth plus 470 for an anytime touchdown. I got like around four to one, maybe plus 410 as fair odds. All right, very good. And that that is a that is an appealing number. Like you said, 330 was that range last year and now Fryermouth healthy. George Pickens just seemed to can't get going. I know he had a couple catches early in the game last week, but outside of Deontay Johnson, and I know they get more and more involved in the passing game too, the short passing game. Um all right. I like it. And listen, Nick, if it hits, it helps. It doesn't matter about the record, okay? We're getting the good odds, and you're, <laughs> you're, you're pricing this at fair value. Anthony DeBundo is turning to Christmas Eve night. He's going to stay up, wait for Santa to come down the chimney, watching the Patriots and the Broncos. DeBundo, you going to put yourself through this? What do you got? I, I actually think the NORAD Santa tracker would be more exciting in this game. <laughs> ho, ho, ho! <laughs> you know, uh, seeing where Santa Claus is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look. Everybody's talked about, for just from a narrative perspective, right? Denver is, you know, so improved and they have a chance at the playoffs. Uh, New England's having like this worst season of all time. They're going to fire Belichick, you know, burn it all down. I'm sure you feel that way, Brendan. Coming into the week in DVOA, Denver is 22nd. New England is 27th. Now think about that. Like just how small the gap is really between these two teams. And the Patriots defense is still number one in the NFL in EPA per rush allowed. And I expect Denver to have no success early down running the ball to set up their play action on later downs. Uh, Denver off the script after the you know scripted portion of the game, really poor, still a bottom eight offense by EPA after the first quarter. And if you look at yards per drive, because we talked about Denver a lot on this show and uh, the Broncos and how much they had this, this incredible turnover luck. Defensively, like a quarter of the opponent's drives were ending with turnovers, and that was giving them all these short fields. If you just look at yards per drive, Denver is 27th on defense. They're 23rd on offense. And New England's offense is not going to be able to move the ball much here either. They have some O-line injuries. Hunter Henry may be out. Ramondre Stevenson as well. Like it's not – it's a it's a really rough unit that New England's thrown out there offensively. But they're still uh, a top 10 offense in yards per drive allowed. So this New England defense keeps them in this game. Uh, and, and I think from a net success rate, net drive percentage, Denver doesn't really have a huge edge here. So why are they laying six and a half on a total that's crashing – Weather might be bad. There's potential for some snow. Totals at 34 and a half. I think it might go even lower. 
so yeah, I like New England six and a half. You could still wait. I haven't actually bet the Patriots yet because I'm hoping and praying a seven pops. I don't know that it will though. Uh, it seems closer to six than seven, but uh, New England plus six and a half official play here for me, and I will bet it come Saturday if the line hasn't hit seven yet. So uh, waiting and seeing, but I just really, I know Zappy's been so bad and uh, it's not fun as a bet, but like, it's kind of like when Pittsburgh and their awful offense was laying, you know, a full touchdown on a really low total. Well, now it's like Zappy has one good scripted drive and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're feeling great about your, your bet. So. And he had he had a handful of those. And I know Nick Giffen, he taught me the hard way about why that was a luck over and why the over was the right side when Bailey Zappi lit it up in the first half. And the over did get there in the first half. Actually, I love this bet. Um, So I'm with the bundo. First of all, just the road dog low total trend uh, hits at such a high rate. And this is a total right now of 34 and a half. So and and we're getting six and a half here with New England. I mean, that's that's insane. But um, if we look at Pythagorean win expectation, right? So just based off their point differential, yep. Denver should be about a 40% win team and New England should be about a 21-22% win team. But that doesn't take into account expected score, which of course is what drives our luck rankings. And expected score is something we call second order Pythagorean win percentage. That actually is more predictive than first order. In second order, these teams are a lot closer. And then third order is when you schedule adjust that. And schedule adjusted Pythagorean win percentage, expected Pythagorean win percentage here. These teams are pretty close. Denver's at like 38% and New England's at like 32%. Uh, so I I love this spot. I think this is a spot where we absolutely have to take New England, excuse me, take New England plus six and a half. But this does not qualify as a luck over, right? This would not fit the criteria? Uh, not a luck over, not a luck rankings matchup, uh, but New England is the unluckier of the two teams in this game. Uh, it was really close to being a luck matchup, actually. It's a luck difference of 23, uh, okay. again, with New England being, and we'd say 24 and above is significant. We also say 30% luck gap or more significant this time of year. It's 23.6%, so not quite there, but this is like so close to being a luck over, but then you add in all those other factors. I like New England as well. It may not be a luck over, but it may be a snowver. That's true. Uh, the, the, term, uh, the term that Stucky has coined. Uh, yes. There is the but, chance of snowfall. See, that's a Grant, Stucky th- term I can get on board with. Yeah, I love so. snowvers. So this total yeah. may crash closer to game time if you see snow uh, because people assume that helps defense. But it, or, yeah, but it actually helps offense You know, being less reactive. It's not going to be windy. Snowfall uh, around one inch according to the report. Now I haven't dive, dove deep into it because I didn't bet the total in the game. But if it gets down to like 32, like 31, then I would bet the over. But I don't, I don't know that it'll get that low. No fear of snow when you have two dome teams facing each other, Vikings and Lions. Grant Niefer has an angle, two angles on these games. Why don't you go back to back? Grant, what do you got? All right, so the first one is Nick Mullins over 259.5 passing yards. I know that seems like a high number for a guy that probably is not a true NFL starter caliber quarterback. But, I mean, just put up 300 last week. They're playing in a dome, which is a really big thing here. Mullins, his receiving core is potentially the best in the league. I mean, Addison, Jefferson, Hawkinson, he has just fantastic receivers. They're still going to pass a decent amount. The game script is pretty solid with them being a three-point underdog. That was higher. It would be better. But they're still going to throw the ball a lot. Detroit, their pass defense is worse than their rush defense. And their pass defense might be a little overrated. They've been worse in recent weeks. I think they've given up, what, 28-plus points in five out of the last six weeks. They're ranked 14th in most passing yards allowed per game on the season. 
And they faced two top 12 passing offenses while they faced seven bottom 12 pass offenses. And that includes some of the worst of the worst, like Carolina, Atlanta. Like they've had a very easy schedule when it comes to pass offenses. Playing in a dome, they're giving up more points in a dome since the beginning of last season. Last season, I think they were top in the league and giving up points in a dome. This season, it's a little bit different, but that's because of the difference in matchups. It's been drastically easier at home facing teams like Atlanta, Carolina, Las Vegas, Green Bay, Denver. Like They've had a very easy schedule at home this season, so the numbers are a little bit more skewed, but it's basically entirely justified based on the matchups. But Nick Mullins, Great receiving core, solid game script here, actually a solid above average matchup. And everything kind of just points towards the over there, and which is why I like the over on this game. But my other pick is actually going to be Detroit over 24 and a half points. They've hit this at a massive clip. I think seven out of the last eight games, six out of the last seven games. Last season, they averaged 33 points at home, and it was slightly lower in dome games because earlier on this season, they weren't quite the same team. They faced Dallas over in Dallas, and I think they only put up six points. And they had one other matchup where they weren't great. But this season, in a dome, averaging over 30 points per game by a decent Mm -hmm. amount. Their two road dome games were against New Orleans, put up 33 points, and against the Chargers, put up 41 points. Jared Goff, last three seasons, has been averaging about 30 25 to 30 more passing yards per game in a dome. They are the best home team at scoring over the last two seasons. And when you factor in all domes, they're still the best scoring team. They've just been absolutely unreal good in domes at putting up points, and they still allow a bunch of points. We've seen so many 50, 60, 70 point games with Detroit playing in a dome. I think this is going to be a just complete shootout here. I think the overhits, I think the Detroit overhits, I like that one a little bit better, especially if you can get it at 24 and a half. Everything points towards an over here. Okay, very good. Uh, total right now, 46 and a half for uh, Detroit and Minnesota. The Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. 
Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We'll turn our attention now. The final two picks feature the game of the weekend. I think most would agree. Christmas night, Baltimore visiting San Francisco, the two favorites in their respective conferences. Nick Giffen playing a side. What do you have? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take Baltimore plus five and a half here against the San Francisco 49ers. I know it scares a lot of people to go against this 49ers team right now that is just absolutely crushing. But Baltimore, almost just as good. Uh, if we look again, I mentioned Pythagorean expectations, second order, third order, all that mathy stuff. Um, you don't need to know all the mathy stuff, but the mathy stuff says that these two teams are pretty close in Third order Pythagorean expected win percentage. Again, we're schedule adjusting, looking at expected scores instead of actual scores, but even just actual scores, right? In, in terms of differential, yeah, San Francisco has a higher uh, differential in terms of points for minus points against, but they also play in overall higher scoring games. So that matters more, uh, or that matters, which is why they have a higher differential. Uh, so essentially, these two teams, if you adjust for the, the scoring volume in the game, have pretty much similar expectation there. Now, yes, San Francisco did play three of those games without Trent Williams, you know, no Debo Samuel at certain points. So you have to adjust for that. But in aggregate, San Francisco's, you know, probably a point and a half, two points better, even three points better, but then maybe a point and a half for home field. I cannot get to five and a half here overall uh, for San Francisco. I think, you know, four is um, kind of a key number here. So I would take anything four and a half or longer on the Baltimore Ravens here. I mean, this is a team that, yeah, they've you know gone through a few different running backs. It it, it sucks that uh, they they've had a ton of injuries there, but overall, the, what matters most is your quarterback and your defense. And this is a team that is very strong at both positions here. I think they'll be able to limit. You know, it, Brock Purdy has had an amazing season, but I think they'll be able to limit Brock Purdy a little bit. Uh, and their offense is high-powered enough that they'll be able to score points and keep it close here with San Francisco. So I, I think anything four and a half or longer, um, I would take it and, and, and run with the Ravens here. Debundo, you know this. Running backs don't really matter, unless you're Christian McCaffrey, or like you're one of those handful of dudes. Um, but you have an angle here too, Debundo, to take us home. Yeah, like over 46 and a half. Uh, I think the Jaguars offense really did move the ball better than even I thought. And I bet the over last Sunday, right? I, you know, I, I talked about it. I said the weather won't be that bad. The total right. too low. Game, of course, went under. But Jacksonville had five trips past the 40 that led to zero points. Two missed field goals. End of the fumble first in the red zone. End of the first half. That touchdown to Ridley, which I thought he clearly caught. But yep. apparently Terry yep. McCauley did too. But the officials did not. Uh, they had five and a half yards of play. And... That's a very one-dimensional Jaguars offense with Trevor Lawrence, who got concussed mid-game, playing on a bad ankle with one good receiver. Uh, this San Francisco offense, I think, is going to move the ball very well against an overrated Baltimore secondary. Look at what we've seen San Francisco do to what we thought were good defenses this season, uh, completely shredding them, with the lone exception of Cleveland. Um, you know, they have moved the ball up and down the field on teams like Dallas and even Philly. You know, obviously, we know they're not that good anymore. But this San Francisco offense has scored 27 points in every game where everybody's been healthy all season. And dating back to last season, same thing is true. Since Purdy took over, I know they have some offensive line issues, but look, he's such a good processor, he makes up for it. And regardless of what you think of his MVP candidacy, this offense is operating at an elite, elite level, and it's going to force Baltimore 
to play a little faster than they want to, right? Baltimore's played with a lot of leads this year. They've played very slow as a result of that. They're going to have to play a little bit faster. And I do think they'll have success running the ball. I mean, San Francisco gave up 7.8 yards per rush to Arizona last week. You can run on this Niner front. And I think that the Ravens will find success on the ground. Lamar will do his thing, get a couple explosives. Stanley looks like he's going to play. Um, So I love this over at 46 and a half. And I just really think that the market is overvaluing this Ravens defense and this Niners defense. You know, I, I took Arizona with the points last week, didn't get home on that either. But like they were moving the ball up and down the field at will. It's just that I think San Francisco's offense will finish off the drives that Jacksonville could not last week. Uh, so over 46 and a half for me. Right. And the Cardinals, too. They kicked a bunch of field goals in that game against San Francisco. I uh, just couldn't quite get to the sticks. All righty. Uh, in place of Brandon Anderson's look ahead, DeBundo, speaking of those Arizona Cardinals, and he threw yep. a little dig in there on the Eagles. He, he mixed that in there, DeBundo, very quietly. I caught that. Uh, you're you're going to take Brandon's slot this week and give us a look ahead for week number 17. Yeah, so the Eagles play against Tommy DeVito and the Giants on Christmas Day in the Mm -hmm. afternoon. Uh, They are 12-point favorites. I do expect them to win that game. It will be very interesting to see, uh, you know, how much they win it by because they should win with margin. This is like the classic get-right spot at home against an overmatched quarterback. Uh, Get You know, right the ship. Uh, Ben Solak wrote a really good piece about the Eagles offense that's up right now at the ringer. And uh, it kind of gets into the, the things that I've been seeing and the concerns that I've had, which is that they're just not as explosive. They're not as good in the running game this year. Hurts as a runner has been a problem, and they have not been as explosive. And I think that's going to be a problem for them to get margin against a competent and very effective, really, offense in Arizona next week. Arizona comes to the length. They're catching 10. I like Arizona plus 10 on the look ahead. I think this offense, since Kyler has come back, has shown a lot of life. Five and a half yards per play uh, against the Texans in a loss. They they I just talked about 7.8 yards per rush against San Francisco. And the Eagles' run defense has very quietly tapered off. San Francisco had a ton of success running on them. Dallas got what they wanted on the ground. And even last week, Seattle on Monday night, Ken Walker was really effective. So this run Mm -hmm. defense, this defensive line has not been as good. So I think Arizona gets enough points up on the board to overcome their defensive flaws. And like I said, the Eagles are just not explosive. They have not been good with leads, putting teams away like they were last year. They've only had two wins by double digits all year. Miami, Tampa Bay, they've won a lot of close games, even in games against overmatched teams like you know New England or Washington yep. both times. Um, so I just don't really trust them to get margin. So give me Arizona plus 10. I would add to Matt Patricia against the mobile quarterback. Well, first of all, he wasn't great against Drew Locke, but dating back to his time with the Patriots, the rocket scientist that became Bill Belichick's defensive coordinator, Bill Patricia constantly struggled against the mobile quarterback. And you let Drew Locke roll out and make throws on the run. What's Kyler Murray going to do? Um so I would, I, I would agree, getting double digits against uh, Philadelphia. All right, gents, thanks for being here. Thanks for making it happen. We keep this show rolling week by week. That is going to do it here on the Action Network podcast for our NFL Week 16 Best Bets episode. We are presented by our friends at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Again, don't forget to download the free award-winning Action Network app to see all of these guys' picks, our other contributors at Action Network for the NFL slate. Uh, check out the Action Network Discord. As I said, you're on YouTube. Subscribe, like the video. We appreciate you. We'll be back on Friday morning. Best of luck this weekend. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Enjoy your holiday. For DeBundo, Nick Giffen, Grant Niefer, Brendan Glass, Thanks for listening to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. We'll see you next week.
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.